for you, downloading this podcast was the most important day of your life. For me, it was Thursday. Everybody. Welcome to Retronauts Live, episode 41. Today's topic as part of Retronauts Movie Month is Street Fighter the Movie. And before we get started, let's introduce our cast today. Who is to my right? Marty Sleva. Who are you, Marty? Where do you come I, from? I uh, work for 1UP. I edit my cheats. Cool. And who else do we have? Cat Bailey. Cat, who are you? I hail from the jungles of Brazil. What? <laughs> I have the power of lightning. Uh, is this the, is this the same Cat I Bailey I world. know? I travel the world fighting on the streets against people. Okay. Wow, I, I, this is a whole new side yeah, of Cat so Bailey. Fun facts. Wow. Okay, but anyways, this is uh, Retronauts Movie Month. If you listened to last week's episode, it was about Super Mario Brothers. This week, we're moving on to a much more interesting movie, which is Street Fighter the movie. Isn't there some weird subtitle for this movie that we saw, like uh, for the like Street Fighter colon something something? It was on the the copy that we watched, anyways. No. Oh. God, I don't, I don't remember. There's some I, bizarre subtitle. I feel but like we should have written this down, but it's probably something stupid like the battle begins. Yeah, something like that. But anyways, <laughs> it's just called Street Fighter, which makes it even more confusing to look up online. But Let's get into the movie because we are doing shorter shows to sort of make this um, a little more efficient. So, guys, Street Fighter the Movie, 1994, directed by Stephen E. D'Souza, best known for Die Hard and Hudson Hawk. Yes, the, oh. yes, the screenwriter of those movies and 48 Hours and Die Hard 2. Right, he was sort of like a machine, like a Joe Esterhouse of his yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. Except the I don't think he burned bridges. And immortal lines like, yippee ki motherfucker. Yeah, that was him? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. wow. In fact, he brags about it a lot. Yeah, I bet like, he does. I do catchphrases, man. As he should. <laughs> this movie was not lacking in catchphrases, but let me just talk to you guys about the the setting. Let's set the stage for 1994. Uh, 1991, Street Fighter II comes out, and pretty much takes over arcades. Almost every game after that is a Street Fighter II clone of some variety, and many people have posited that Street Fighter II helped kill the arcades. I don't particularly believe what? in that. Killed the arcades. Yes, That's it was silly. its last gasp before falling into anonymity. There's a certain belief held, and I, I, like it holds some water that like before the arcade delivered many kinds of experiences, but after Street Fighter II, it only delivered that experience. So people forget that the arcades were dead in the late '80s. There was a massive, um, massive shakeout. Late in, '80s. Like 1988 to 1989, okay. massive shakeout, everyone's folding, places like Capcom are seeing massive drops in orders, places are folding all over the place, and then Street Fighter comes along okay. and saves everything for a decade. See, for me, uh, as a kid, like those years were the best years of so the arcade. So we forget this because 80s. we were young kids, and there were still these arcades, right. and we were still playing beat-em-ups and everything, but it was a far cry from the halcyon days of That's the late true. 70s and early 80s. That's true. Actually, you're right, because there was no, uh, there was no let me think, um, what's, a, what's an arcade game from the late 80s? Oh, um... <laughs> there was no Final Ivan... Fight. What's that? Final Fight. There was no yeah. Final Fight Fever song or whatever, you know, <laughs> like Pac-Man Fever. So this was, I guess this was the the next huge arcade, I mean, arcade game. Arcade's owned pop culture they in did, the yeah. 80s. They did, yeah. Yeah, And I guess, okay, I, 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 I agree with you, Kat. Actually, that that's kind of bullshit. Street Fighter 2 did not kill the arcade. <laughs> Absolutely Although, not. if you didn't like fighting games, it was hard to go into an arcade after Street Fighter 2. Because, nobody yeah, knew at the time that, that fighting games were hard. It's like, this yeah. is really cool. They didn't have that kind of intimidation factor that they used to. Right, because they weren't made for fighting game fans. They were made for anyone with a quarter to come up and play them. But, so how big was Street Fighter 2? Can we can we not understate or overstate the importance of... It was of, the uh, most... Ex- important one of the most important exclusives of the 16-bit era yeah and um everyone i don't know as soon as super nintendo as soon as nintendo got the the street fighter 2 exclusive that was yeah wow they had the controller for it that was huge and like sega had been kind of eating nintendo's lunch uh for those couple years yeah and street fighter 2 came along with its 16 meg cartridge and all the buttons use all the buttons there's no hitting select to switch between uh (laughs) kicks and punches that's bullshit but anyways uh so street fighter huge 
Still huge in 1994. By that point, we had, what, Super Street Fighter 2. Yep. With the increased roster of characters, which included uh, many, many a stereotype. We yeah. had Cammy. Oh, we had DJ, who is a Jamaican dude. We had yeah, T-Hawk. Uh, T-Hawk, who is a Native American. And Fei Long. And Fei Long, Bruce Lee. who is basically Bruce Lee yeah. in, uh, in 2D sprite form. So, But this, Street Fighter 2 is already running out of gas by that time. Um, I think... I don't know if it would have been running out of gas. I think it, would, it still like had a few more years left in it. I well, think... in the sense that a lot of people didn't like Super Street Fighter 2 because yeah. it was slower than Turbo. It was uglier. It had much like uglier colors. Yeah, it did. Um, it had a really annoying announcer. <laughs> for I don't remember reason. him. Uh, he sounded really tinny and strange. It was hmm. it was odd. Was this both uh, arcade and Super Nintendo. Super uh, Street Fighter 2? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of the uh, Super Nintendo one. That's mine. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of the arcade version. Yeah, but I, don't, I don't think I ever played the arcade one. I only played the Super Nintendo one. That was my connection with Street Fighter. Cammy did catch on, though, as a character. Okay. So. But even if it was running out of steam, the gears in Hollywood take a long time to start turning, which is <laughs> yeah. why we still see stupid idiots talk about, they're going to make an Akira movie. They're talking about <laughs> it again. There, 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 there are movies like that that are always in the talks, like some really out-of-touch Hollywood guys. Like, what about this? Have we done a movie about this? And then when it hits the news, you're like, are you serious? That's like, why, why would a, you make a movie? A Dragon Ball Z movie like three or four years that's ago. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Great. I was thinking, yeah. trying to think of an example, but that's another another reason. But the gears in Hollywood uh, turn slowly. Mm -hmm. But by 1994, we have Street Fighter, the movie. Um, what did you guys think about this movie before it came out? Were you following, like, um, movie news? Or were you reading magazines saying, there's going to be a Street Fighter movie? Well, I, I was actually following the news because I was a massive Street Fighter nerd at the That's time. right. You know I all the mythology. The, I bought the freaking <laughs> Street Fighter 2 tabletop RPG oh just so God. I could read all the fluff <laughs> about the different characters. Was that all, was that all canon? Yes, it was all canon, in fact. Wow. That was where I learned that Chun-Li was an Interpol agent. Nice. And that Blanca came from the jungles of Brazil and yeah. had been mutated or whatever. All their stories. Okay. Um, and in GamePro, they had a first look at the Street Fighter II movie coming up. And they had an interview with Steven D'Souza. And he talked about how he had done Die Hard and popularized these catchphrases. And he was like, yeah, I... You know, they approached me with this video game movie, and I, I probably could have done, you know, an underground fighting tournament, thrown in some drugs, done it for $8 million. But I want to do something big. Yeah. I want temples in the jungle <laughs> with sold, hundreds of soldiers charging from boats. And I want to work in real-world politics. So I'm going to bring in the UN peacekeeping forces. Colonel Guy will be leading UN peacekeeping forces. Right. And you better believe I'm going to have a lot of catchphrases. Yeah, yeah, there, there certainly are. Uh, so, Marty, how did you feel about this movie, or did you feel about I it? Was, I was pretty young at the time. I really didn't care about Street Fighter that much. Okay. Uh, I, I was never a big fighting fan. Charlatan. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't even think I saw this in theaters. Uh, I think I saw it for the first time in uh, probably middle school or high school okay. uh, on VHS. And... Uh, wasn't a big fan of it, but but rewatching it now, my my opinion has definitely changed. Yeah, uh, as for me, I, I I like if you listen to the last episode, you know, even as a young kid, I was a stickler for authenticity. <laughs> and to me, like I saw John Clown Van Damme as Guile, and I was like, that no, what? Are you serious? <laughs> and I think that was a lot of people's opinion at the time. But uh, upon looking at the casting of this movie, uh, has anyone here read Wizard Magazine? You're amongst friends. You can admit to this. I Wizard Magazine. I had a subscription. No. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You know how Wizard Magazine would do their like their dream cast yeah, of movies? Yeah. It feels like this movie was cast based on those recommendations. Like, because everyone is just so... I mean, some of the people are just unknowns. But like Jean-Claude Van Damme's Guile, it feels like they were probably pushing for that. Just like, I don't and know. Who else should have been Guile? Sylvester I don't Stallone. know, like Sylvester. No, no, I'm um, like Steven Arnold, Seagal, Arnold Schwarzenegger, or something yeah. like that. Like, no, no, not Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, I mean, it makes as much sense as Jean Claude Van Damme. At least Jean Claude Van Damme looked like the character. I mean, could you imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger with the guile flat top and the American I, I flag, uh, the American flag tattoo, and he's like. I will rip you apart with my flash kick. I think that's I think that's how he looked in like Running Man, which was also Steven Souza. So oh, yeah. okay, I yeah. think Jean Claude would. Have but been that fine. had been like yeah. a decade before. Yeah, that's true. yeah. <laughs> so, but still, it didn't make sense to me. But and Jean Claude Van Damme, he was pretty hot in the early '90s. Not like hot as in attractive, but hot as in a commodity. He was a commodity. People knew who he was. I thought you were disagreeing with this fat cat when we watched it earlier. You're like, he wasn't I that wasn't big. I was sure. Okay. I was, <laughs> early '90s. Was he done? Was that like the year of Universal Soldier and? 
like, time yeah. cop. He was in like three movies that year. He had a string of movies, and just like Street Fighter, his his career was kind of petering out at this point. Um, he didn't like. I, I think Time Cop was after this, but then well, he hit his peak at Bloodsport, and after that, it was which all one over. was Bloodsport? The first one. I mean, like which year? Which year was oh, Bloodsport? Oh God, it was. Ah. Late 80s? Okay. Something like that. But yeah, anyways, this is a Jean-Claude Van Damme vehicle, also starring Royal Julia, who most people know as Adams, uh, Gomez Adams from the Adams Family movie. I'm not a huge fan of the movie, but the performances in the movie are fantastic, yeah, especially Royal Julia and uh, Christopher Lloyd, too. But let's get into the movie we're talking about today, Christopher which is Lloyd's Street Fighter. The Adams Family? Yeah, he, plays he plays Uncle Fester. Fester. Oh. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Continuing. So... Uh, let's get into the uh, the meat of the movie. So our, our movie begins with a news report. Uh, Chun Li. Okay, we're gonna go back and forth on this. We're gonna see what how they how these people are portrayed in the movie. We're gonna kind of consult Cat for their real backstories. Cat, I hope you're up on this. <laughs> All right. Hope you boned up on this. If not, okay. just make things up. No one will call you on it. So we open with a news report. Chun Li, uh, who is a reporter. Chun Li Zhang. Chun Li Zhang. Everyone is given either inappropriate first or last <laughs> names in this movie. There's this weird fixation on this, but we'll get to it later. They need real names. Yeah, it's like we need a middle, last, first name. They can't just be Chun Li or Guile. So uh, Chun Li is reporting on Civil War and Shadowloo, which um, Kat pointed out is sort of kind of inspired by the Bosnia-Herzegovina um, conflict going on in the early 90s. Yeah, pretty much. One of the problems with Shadaloo, though, is throughout the movie, I believe it is referred to as, like, a region, a city, yeah, a, it's, a, a sovereignty. Nobody's, where, nobody's sure where it is. Yeah, no, or what it is. I don't know how big no, it is. No, he's, yeah. like, making... There's Shadaloo, but then Bison wants to build Bisonopolis or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't but understand. We're getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, we'll move on to that. Um, so, anyways, we see uh, M. Bison's troops... Is he just called? Is he M Bison or Bison? He's Bison. They just call him Bison. Okay, yeah, they got they drop the M. They never like call him Mike or <laughs> Michael anything. Bison. Mike Bison. <laughs> I'm Charles Bison. <laughs> so uh, in this news report, we see um, Bison's troops throwing refugees into a pit with help from his buddy Zangief, who is working for Bison in this. Well, movie. he gives them to to add to the street fighting uh, portion of the movie. He right. does allow them to fight him. Briefly. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, but they like take a hor- a swing and embarrass themselves as soldiers. He's a very hands-on dictator, like Qaddafi and yes. uh, Mubarak. And then he just—they uh, <laughs> were not doing this stuff to people. They're they're hold away in mansions or whatever. He cackles loudly, throws them into a pit. Yeah. No worries about the hag and the International Convention of Human Rights. No. Nope. Nope. And we also introduced to DJ. Who is another wacky psychic? So, I'm, uh, sorry, was I'm, he, he was he there from the beginning? Yep. He was there from the very beginning, right? Oh, okay, so, and um, he has some one-liners too. But so, uh, Bison has teamed up with uh, Zangief and can I, uh, DJ. Can I just say what a bizarre choice? I mean, yeah, yeah, you would I agree. think Balrog, who was a villain in the original game, would be a better choice, but. I guess what they wanted to do was match up Balrog with E Honda, and then yeah. they could be like, "Oh, well, one's a boxer and one's a wrestler," and they hang out with Chun Li for some reason. I feel this movie was like pl- like playing out with a flow chart, like with like lines <laughs> crossing, like these guys have to fight these guys. But anyways, um, we are then introduced. There's gonna be a lot. This movie, the first half is they, just so loaded with introductions. Everyone. Yeah. So we are then introduced to E Honda, Edmund Honda. And Balrog, whose name is probably like Franklin J. Balrog or whatever, <laughs> because they have to give everyone a first and last name. And they're on the Action News team um, that are helping Chun Li cover this um, civil unrest and Shadow. The Shadaloo. real heroes of the film, I might add. Yes. Chun Li. They do the most in this film. Yes. So we are introduced then to Colonel William Guile, oh, uh, who works for the Allied Nations, not the United Nations, but the Allied Nations. And uh, Chun Li gets him on camera. Um, Guile personally insults Bison, and then Bison, um, I don't know if he, this ultimatum was going to happen anyways, but it's at that point he decides to enact his ultimatum, I need this money in 72 hours, or the hostages all die. And he wants like $20 billion or yeah. something like that. But it, it seems like it's sparked by uh, Guile insulting Bison yeah, on camera. Yeah, if, if Jean-Claude would have kept his mouth shut, the yeah. hostages would have been fine. Speak to the world audience? No, but I do want to talk to someone. That bastard Bison! I know you like to look at yourself on television, you sick son of a bitch. So look at this. (laughs) What are you doing? Like, in this movie, uh, Guile is supposed to be a hot-headed, like, brash uh, soldier, but he's, he seems to be very, very high-ranking to still be, have that attitude. And yeah, it seems yeah. like at every juncture, every possible decision he makes is wrong. <laughs> and, like, he would be court-martialed, he would be tried, he would be in prison, but... He's the main instigator of everything that goes wrong in this film. Yeah, like, so many lives could have been saved in this movie if Guile had just shut up and, like, done his job, but no. <laughs> so, uh, he insults Bison, Bison, uh, you know, makes the ultimatum, I mean, $20 billion in 72 hours, bam, your movie has a ticking clock. Oh, that's like, good. literally a ticking clock I love it. I love that they it. keep cutting to throughout yep. the movie. So, um, I would like to point out um, at 
in this early juncture, they establish a weird satellite motif. That's right, yeah. Where they have, you see the satellite flying around Earth, and you see various newscasts, and that's kind of how they do exposition. Yeah, the, and whole, the whole movie's filled with, like, telecommunication and, and, and what, monitors. What is this supposed yeah, to it's mean? It's like weird technology porn, I think. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, early 90s, because like, tech obsessions yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that it definitely has something to do with it. Yeah, so um, after the ticking clock part happens... Um, Apparently, there's some weird connection where Bison realizes that um, the guy he's currently, like, grabbing onto while Guile makes his threats is Guile's best buddy. The, of all coincidences, that's that's when it happens, correct? Carlos Blanca. Yeah, yeah. Carlos Blanca. Yeah. he says, Carlos, I'm coming for you, buddy. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so it, everything is Guile's fault yeah, in this really movie. Is. Yeah. This is not canon. Yeah. Charlie was someone else. Charlie was one person. Blanca was one person. They put him in the blender and in made fact, Carlos Blanca. Charlie was in Street Fighter Alpha. That's right, not Street Fighter 2. definitely did not look like a monster. Exactly. So, uh, I guess Bison's like, hey, uh, might as well experiment on a human being while I'm doing this. So, he takes the opportunity then to uh, start experimenting on Charlie with the help of Dr. Dalsim, who uh, is not the stretchy yoga, fire-breathing dude uh, from India from the um, the games. He's just a doctor. Yeah. He which, did play, uh, uh, that actor played one of Gandhi's best friends in Gandhi. Too. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh, later wow. in the movie, he quotes Gandhi, yeah. correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, and he was also in Temple of Doom. Yes. Oh. Oh, did he play? Okay, I think I know what you're talking yeah. about now. Yes. Um, so... More introductions. Yeah, we introduced, okay, we cut away to another place in Shadaloo, the city, the town, the country, the continent, who knows? <laughs> uh, we, we, introduced, we introduced to Vega, who is very, very faithful to the original yeah, uh, character, absolutely. I thought. And, yes. And, the most faithful to yeah. the original character. And he's, he's, he's in a cage fight, and then um, we introduced to uh, Ryu in this movie called Ryu. And Ken, who looks like Uncle Joey from Full House. Ryu, Hoshi, <laughs> and Ken Masters. Okay, Ryu, Hoshi, and Ken Masters. And they're grilling uh, Sagat, who does look pretty faithful to yeah. the video game version, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought. They're grilling him about a weapons transaction. Who's um, a crime lord now. Yes, he's a crime lord. I thought he always was, though, in the, in the games. And Ken and Ryu are, like, con artists. I think... I think they're con men. They're trying to negotiate a weapons deal, but the weapons are not real, and Sagat is on to them. So I guess in order to enact his revenge, he makes them fight in the cage fighting tournament instead of just shooting them in the head like he like he should have. Yeah. I mean, who's gonna fear this this gun merchant if he's not like you know <laughs> bloody Merciless. and horrible? Yeah. So yes. Well, he's always been kind of a fool, as we'll discover later on. He gets taken like. He gets taken for a ride like four times in this film. He does. He does. He's a huge sucker. But <laughs> yeah. um, I already mentioned Dalsim, but uh, it brings me to this really weird uh, point in the movie. It's very, very awkward, but it's one of the reasons I like the movie because it is very stupid. Whenever anyone is introduced, their full name is stated and mm-hmm. like characters will awkwardly, um, you know, address each other by their full names. Like, oh, Marty Sleva, welcome to the Retronauts. Ah, <laughs> oh, Cat Bailey, so nice to see you again. But that actually makes sense in... Uh, in this context in the film maybe not so much yeah i guess if we're announcing things for for, for like for like listeners but it's just like if i saw you on the street or yeah. like if i was at bob your... mackie greetings yes yeah it's great even one-on-one interactions no one else in the room uh, they will address each other by full names yeah so so. it feels like they're, they're checking off it's like, okay we have to get this guy's name on yep. on camera check okay next guy check yep. so yeah so um we're, we're back to sagat and uh, ryu and ken are fighting vega on um, what looks like a Shadowloo MMA match. Uh, See, you're actually getting kind of hyped up for this because Vega's showing off. Yeah. He takes off the mask. He's doing all the stuff that Vega should be doing. It's going to be way exciting. There's a lot of pre-fight homoerotic like, gestures. Yeah, yeah, a lot of sweaty <laughs> You're already and, it's like, uh, this, is, this is what I spent my $8 it's for it's, to buy this ticket. I'm going to see some street fighting, and then a yes. giant armored car drives through the wall. And driving it is Guile, who crashes the event to arrest See, them. It, it, what is... What is with Guile? He yeah, ruins he just like, everything. He could have killed people. Yeah. I mean, seriously, instead of just infiltrating the building and arresting the guy, he just drives a, a was it a tank or an AP? A, it's like an APC or APC, something. APC, something like that, into the building. And he's he's after Sagat because he knows where Bison's hideout is. It seems really weird that the the ANS all this technology, but they can't discover like a huge, what seems like a huge hideout when they get to it. Right later in the movie, it yeah, seems it's a, like it's a complex. It's like yeah. how could you miss this? We have satellite uh, mapping technology in 1994, don't we? Or yeah. Oh yes, like we that. do. Okay, yeah, <laughs> we did in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, it's like it feels weird that they can't um, find that. But anyways, um, so we are uh, given that it's a giant temple. Yeah, like a, a huge hill. temple. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Bison's uh, logo is all over this. And if you look in the movie... Um, Everything is skulls. Bison is a very corporate uh, overlord where he like he, he's, he's all into branding. He wants his logo everywhere. And he his wants face. Um, his face everywhere. I don't know. We'll get to more of that later. But, uh, man, this movie is so complicated. Where do, where do we start from here? So, uh, Guile arrests everybody. 
and that includes Ryu, Ken, and Sagat, and they're about to be thrown away into jail, but they hijack the prison truck. Guile is presumably gunned down in the escape, and Chun-Li throws a tracking device on it. So the, like, there's all these twists and turns in the beginning of the movie, uh, which is all leading up to a huge action scene at the end. So we are kind of introduced to Bison at this point a little more. We go into a little more of who he is. He's sort of like a Kim Jong-il type, obsessed with his own image. He's planning, as we said, Bisonopolis with a food court and like shops and stuff like that. So <laughs> All he's... of the major chains will want in. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. Not- I'm noticing this uh, a major trend in our uh, movie podcasts have been the villains just want to form an opolis with their name. Oh, yeah. What was a Koopopolis? So, well, you know, this was the early 90s when entrepreneurs were evil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Captain Planet. It, right yeah so here we have m bison greedy evil capitalist but now like steve jobs well i mean when he was alive was this like happy turtleneck wearing guy you can want to hug well now m bison would be a banker oh that's true that's very very true there going no, with the populist trend here there was no jobsopolis <laughs> no jobsopolis no no there was not are you sure there may have <laughs> been a thing it might have been in planning <laughs> So we move on. Uh, Chun Li. Um, I okay. I don't really understand what was happening at this point in the movie. But after uh, Guile is gunned down, Ryu, Ken, and Sagat um, hijack the truck and leave. Um, Chun Li is trying to find the tracking signal that she threw onto the the, the prison right. truck. Correct. Yes. Yes. But for some reason, that leads her to the AN morgue, and uh, <laughs> it leads her right to Guile's body, who kind of like. No, jumps. there are two tracking devices. Oh, there are he's two. He's tracking. He's tracking them too. Okay, I, I totally missed that. Because they're his spies. She's like, she comments, there are two tracking devices. Right, right. And then Guile pops up and he's underneath the sheet and everything. My, my question is, uh, why was Guile hiding under that sheet? What was he waiting for? Was he waiting for her or he just was anyone? Waiting for, he was just waiting for the moment. It's like, it's like this right, is going to be so cool. Jean-Claude loves gotcha moments. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's gone. It's safe. I can pop up and quietly do my thing or whatever right so yes um we then learn that uh, guile obviously is not really dead and that he staged the prison break and then chun li escapes into the night because guile always wants to arrest people as soon as he runs into them because he's and he he's hates an journalists guy. he does and yeah. he's also kind of a prick to, he, he's a huge, women, to be he's honest a, he's a huge misogynist and i like guile is the least likable character in this movie i don't oh, know yeah. if you guys felt this way oh, too yeah, he's just like i Maybe it's the the inner screenwriter coming out in him or something like that. Because, I don't know. Didn't you say this guy had, like, sort of an attitude, uh, This the screenwriter? Yes, that. Maybe. And everyone but Jean-Claude Van Damme seems to be having fun and just... Yeah. Rough. But Jean-Claude Van Damme's very serious he through is. this entire... He takes the role of William Guile seriously. <laughs> and in the That's Colonel pro- William Guile. <laughs> and in the process, he kind of comes off as a dick. Yes. Many, many times. And we'll go into many of these instances soon. But... We then move to the Chun-Li Action News Squad is putting on an impromptu Cirque du Soleil performance. <laughs> Apparently, they have the resources for this, but um, to lure in Bison. And it's at this As everyone knows, um, Chinese uh, news reporters are, are per- willing to, ready to go into, like, uh, acrobatic performances yeah. at a drop of a hat. I don't know, like, if they go into Chun-Li's background or anything like that in this... Um... Of course not. Okay. She's Chinese, therefore she can do That's this. what I was saying. I'm like, is it racist? Because it's like, of course she's an awesome acrobat. She's Chinese. That's what it feels of like course. in the movie. Yeah, okay. So, um, it's at this juncture that Bison is meeting with Sagat. Uh, Bison wants Sagat to join him, sort of, as like, we can split this thing. Which seems kind of odd for Bison, because he, isn't he like a... Just He's sort a of megalomaniac. A, yeah, he like, works with no one. Why would he ever want to split the power? Maybe he was setting Sagat up to take a he's fall. Getting, he's taking control of the Shadowloo criminal underworld right as controlled by Saget and he's like you get I'm, I'm getting you under my umbrella right or whatever this is also the moment where Bison uh, tells Sagat that he's going to create Bison dollars so he's going to create yeah. his own currency which he says after they kidnap the queen will be a one Bison dollar for five pounds that's amazing that's all it takes to get rid of inflation is to kidnap someone's leader it's like this dollar's worth nothing but if we kidnap the king of like uh, Honduras it'll be worth so much more uh, I don't know. No one has ever tried it. Hey, America, let's kidnap the Queen of England. We'll figure it out. So She's if they old. Kidnapped, so if they kidnapped the Queen of England, the government could lean on the London Stock Exchange to set this rate of exchange. I guess so. Or I, whatever I the London uh, exchange, whatever the equivalent of the Federal Reserve is. Right, right. Um, I think it's called the Queen's Purse. Whoever decides this kind of thing. Yes. So in this, uh, in this great standoff... Uh, there's, there's a standoff between the two sides, Sagat's side and Bison's side, and um, Ryu and Ken are discovered at the event by Chun-Li and her news team, and um, they're sort of like thrown into the middle of the standoff. They try to rat out Chun-Li, and um, I guess like she had set up ahead of time this video meant to taunt Bison, because the entire, uh, the entire uh, 
the entire plan that Chun Li was enacting was let's get Sagat and Bison in this one room so we can kill them mm-hmm. yeah. with with an explosive truck. And apparently, it's all the explosives that Bison has, uh, or something ever. like that, ever. Her but all it, of it, his weapons of death. It amounts to like uh, I don't know, like a dollar store uh, fireworks aisle kind of <laughs> to me. We were like, hmm. Uh, and all things considered, like, this is somewhat below the Oklahoma City truck bombing. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't think that it could even, like, really dent a federal building. Not to be insensitive, but, like, a crazy, like, separatist hillbilly caused more damage than in a dictator in this yeah, movie. Yeah. So, a crazy dictator with, like, modern weaponry and everything. Exactly. But, um, anyways, uh, so Ryu and Ken are kind of thrown into the standoff as a diversion. And they're like, uh, you know, Bison and are like, where, where, who are you guys? What are you doing? And, and they... Um, they hear Chun Li's voice coming from this like booth or whatever, and they point to it, and it's Chun Li like taunting Bison, giving him time to escape. It's a yeah. really stupid plan. Like, why would you set this up if you're trying to kill these people? But anyways, she's doing. She's pulling. It's a rare hero example of supervillain taunting. Okay. <laughs> in which she is taunting uh, the supervillains, and they realize what's going on and have time to escape. Role reversal. Yes. yes. So because of that, uh, Ryu, Ken, and Chun Li uh, New Squad are taken hostage. And uh, well, we find out that uh, Bison's criminal tentacles reach everywhere. The hand of Bison is long. Yes. And that he has ruined both Honda's sumo career and, Bi- uh, not Bison, um, um, Balrog's boxing career. Do we know why? Is he just like randomly messing with professional athletes? Like, <laughs> I take down Derek Jeter. He's gotten too big for his britches. He clearly has like some kind of a illegal like sports bookie thing going Was on. Was that just inferred or? He's like, like a criminal guy. Yeah. Well, that's that's how else would he end their career? It feels like really thin uh, motivation for Balrog and E Honda. Like, uh, yeah, he just messed with your careers or something like that. How did they come together? Yeah, yeah. I think they were just juicing and they're just want a buddy, blaming it. I want a buddy cop movie with the two of them. Balrog <laughs> and yeah. E Honda. And she's like, they're remember? Cops. Did they say that Chun Li is like a member of Interpol or whatever? I don't think so. I don't. Th- or is she just like a news reporter? She I mean, she's feels a ninja. Like she has a ninja costume. In a her ninja van. news yeah. reporter. Well, again, she's Chinese yeah, because so that's obviously. where ninjas come from, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so everyone is taken hostage. Um, Honda is tortured, but is too fat to get hurt in a hilarious scene where whenever he is hit by the whip, a Hawaiian music sting comes out of yep. his body. <laughs> um, I should note that like also with Super Mario Brothers, this movie, uh, in, in the age of, uh, you know, t- stories about torture, uh, American citizens being held underground without being able to see light or people, yeah. all these torture scenes kind of feel weird and not funny. It's like yeah. the silly torture scene. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but anyways, we... It's like, cue waterboarding jokes here. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, wait. So, uh, I guess for some reason, uh, uh, Ryu and Ken are just given free reign to roam around in, like, karate, karate geese. Uh, well, it's because they have Sagat, Sagat's, uh, trust or whatever. I guess so. I don't know how they because, earned it, but... Uh, well, I guess they, they, they escaped they with Kyle. him. Yeah, they did. That's right. So, they, so, uh, I, I made a note of this. It took 42 minutes for them to get their costumes, <laughs> as opposed to the hour and six minutes that it took Mario and Luigi. So, time to costume was about 20 minutes quicker in this movie. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they were pretty authentic, I yeah, thought. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one's red's one's white for some reason yeah though conversely i'd say ryu and ken were the least faithful characters in this entire film yeah they yeah. had no integrity or dignity they were just kind of scummy, well, scummy you, people. in the game ryu's this wandering ronin type guy who just wants to fight everyone he's very stern and ken is the brash happy-go-lucky ladies man american and right. what we got was goofy ryu who's like a con artist and then uncle joey from full house yeah, so with this crazy cut it out hand I, gestures this is terrible casting <laughs> and it, no resemblance whatsoever to the original characters they're yeah. just shoehorning them in yeah uh, don't I they mean, care about canon they didn't really care about who is at the center of street fighter which is probably uh ryu right i mean he's yeah. the central character and he was he was the ryu and ken are the main characters yeah but uh they obviously were like guile he's our guy he's got the american flag tattoo people love americans and we're gonna make this movie well that um, wasn't Guile originally created to appeal to Americans? Or? I don't know. I don't know he what his story was. He was the American guy. Yeah, but wasn't Ken also American? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I but, I mean, uh, Guile is freaking Top Gun. I mean, his, yeah. his background is Top Gun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he basically is Top Gun. So, um, where are we? Uh, the AF is willing to give Bison his money. They're like, okay, Bison, uh, we realize you're going to kill a lot of people. We have $20 billion. It's no big deal. We are prepared to pay the ransom demand. $20 billion? What will prevent him from taking more hostages next month and asking for $50 billion? $100 billion? Colonel, have you lost your mind? No. 
You've lost your balls. But Guile, goddammit, he wants to fight a war. <laughs> and it's so funny, the scene is hilarious. He's like, uh, we were going to go fight Bison, but now we can. And everybody's like, oh, I Aww. wanted to go to war. This <laughs> no. sucks. War. So yeah. mid-90s, I have to say. It is. like You can really tell this movie was made during peacetime yeah. because it's like the idea of war as this like like silly, fun like adventure. But we can all go home. Well, I'm not going home. I'm going to get on my boat, and I'm going up river, and I'm going to kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is going to feel it. Now, who wants to go home, and who wants to go with me? Is a very, very uh, contrary to how, uh, you know, we're c- currently stuck in how many wars now? I don't know. Yeah, well, now and he, he uses the line, who wants to go home and who wants to go with me? Yeah. And everyone wants to go with him. Whereas now, I feel like that line, everyone would be like, well, I'll go home. Yeah, I'll go like, home. Yeah. I have a family. <laughs> well, you look at this civilian leader. He's clearly this sniveling European type yeah, who believes like, in appeasement. Yeah, yeah. Was he supposed to be like the, the, the Chamberlain uh, sort of allegory? Yes. It's like... <laughs> He's you, a, he's the one who allowed Saddam Hussein to have his weapons of mass destruction. Right, right. And whatever. Wait a minute. Did he? Never mind. But he okay. gets his uh, uh, he gets his just desserts. That was when, a, uh, that was a joke. Everyone. When, oh, okay. I joke. understood. I understood. I understood. Uh, when uh, Giles' uh, uh, motorboat uh, speeds away, he gets sprayed with water. It's like the equivalent yeah. of pushing the rich kid in the pool on like the OC <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, I mean, and like, so Guile is like escalating the situation and making it even worse. Guile with is like an ill. What? What if everyone? What if he had been stopped and everyone had died? Yeah, exactly. Like Guile declares martial law, rejects the uh, commands of a superior, right? Because the guy's mm-hmm. like, he's like, you're relieved of your command. He's like, no, I'm going to fight the war. But it's like, no, you can't do that. You can't take the what the, the weapons that CNN, we paid for. Yeah, and CNN. In other news, an American, the American supreme leader of Allied forces in Shadowloot has gone rogue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> taking an American force and launching an illegal attack I upon mean, uh, uh, M- dictator M. Bison. The president has officially uh, condemned this action I'm, and has put out a warrant for his arrest. I hope so. I mean, it ri- reminds me of, like, this is how um, Outer Heaven was formed, right? <laughs> in Metal Gear. <laughs> But yeah, uh, he kept saying through the entire movie, "This is so Metal Gear." I mean, yeah, it, wow. it felt like it. But yes, um, we we learn in a in a meeting between um, Bison and Chun Li, which has a famous line for me. It was Tuesday that Chun Li is avenging her father's death. Um, uh, there are two scenes right like back to back where characters break through their handcuffs, which makes me think that Bison is really ignoring the essentials and running. Are we like are we giving short shrift to this to this scene, the most iconic scene no, I'm in gonna Street put a, Fighter I'm gonna put the a, movie? I'm putting I'm putting a clip in right here. You had him shot as you ran away. A hero at a thousand paces. I'm sorry. I don't remember any of it. You don't remember? For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. And there it was. That and was the iconic clip that is super famous. During the scene, I, I believe this is a scene that takes place in uh, Bison's bedroom. It does, yeah. Uh, at one point, the camera pans over, and I swear to God, he has a twin bed. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> so, and Bison is the same size bed that I had in my college dorms. You think he would have, like, a big opulent, like, king-size bed he could yeah, roll around shaped in? shaped his head or something, or shaped was, as a bison. Was it a race car? It, oh, my God, that would <laughs> be See, good. at this point, you really, <clears throat> you really wonder how anyone was taking this seriously. You wonder if Steven D'Souza was taking this seriously, because... Like, a Bison's a super villain. He has like all the different hats. Yeah, yeah. That he switches to when he's wearing his bathrobe, and, and he like moves his cape like Dracula. He like throws it out behind him and then moves his arm. Yeah. Like it's really like. Oh, Raul Julia's like whatever. I'm like a super villain. I'm yeah. having fun for my kids. He but definitely had fun. Grandkids, but yeah. Stephen D'Souza was talking about making this epic, and I, I don't even know what the hell he made. Yeah, yeah. He made something. That's for sure. He made something with a lot of moving parts. It was so. an epic something. Uh, Ken and Ryu aren't being watched, so they help spring Balrog and Honda, who had previously just broken through their chains, and then Chun-Li breaks through her handcuffs for some reason, just like she Balrog just, and like, Honda. She just, like, breaks it apart. Like, so, super like, strength. Sheer will broke, the, broke those chains apart. Or was, and like, she, it was, like, like a, kicks his ass, too. She does, yeah. It was, like, a, a weird, like, S&M leather handcuff set or something like that. <laughs> I didn't... I mean, there's obviously sexual overtones in that scene, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Weird. It's just, like, the Koopa and Daisy scene in uh, Street right? Fighter. Yeah. yeah. What? 
shockingly yeah. similar. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like the villain invites the the damsel to his room, and they kind of like get all rapey, and it's weird. Yeah. So this yeah. is proof that Chun Li is actually the hero of this film because it feels like it. She's she's daring. She moves the plot ahead. Um, she has scruples. Um, she kicks Bison in the head. Yeah. I mean, she's pretty awesome. Uh, and Guile's just a, kind of like a meat shield. Yeah, pretty <laughs> okay. much. He's she's the true hero of this picture. So uh, Guile is speeding off on his uh, super uh, Stealth boat. super boat with Cammy and T Hawk. With Cammy and T Hawk, played by uh, Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue Cammy is Cammy, is. right? Yeah, yeah. And for some reason, instead of just having a, a uh, not a dream sequence, but like you know a flashback or something, Guile chooses to watch VHS tapes of, of his buddy Charlie <laughs> in the boat, in the friggin' boat on the way to Bison's headquarters. What better time like to home videos? Yeah, what better time to watch home videos than when you're staging an attack, an illegal attack on an enemy base? So I mean that was very clumsy, but he's watching videos of Charlie just to remind the viewer like. Like Charlie is still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we cut the Charlie. Turning into a monster. Yeah, he's slowly being turned into Blanca. But, Clockwork uh, Orange style. Dr. Dalsim is, is injecting uh, images of like Martin Luther King and like children laughing and stuff like that to try to like temper his evil yep, side. Yep, yep. So. I like the, the three images that he does use to try to make him uh, good again are there's an Asian wedding, uh, sea turtles playing with each other, yeah. and Martin Luther King speech. Yeah, Diversity. Like so those, the are the, those are the three things you need to become good. That's all you need. Yeah. Uh, and then it feels like um, Guile is, is really just undertaking this mission because he has like five one-liners he, he wants to say, but he can't think of any other way to say him because the one-liners in this movie fall pretty flat. Like I think one of them is like, Bison, you're full of hot air or something like that. Can you guys remember any other ones? Because they're just so – there's no I'll be back or, you know, a few no. asshole or yeah, whatever, yeah. like Terminator. Yeah. You have made me a happy man. Next, I'll make you a dead one. Yeah! While Guile is watching home movies and speeding off the Bison's base, Bison famously uses a Street Fighter arcade cabinet to blow up mines around uh, the, the approaching Guile craft. And he's playing the, and he's using the controller like, like someone would on a, a bad sitcom where they're yeah, using stock yeah. sound effects and they're going, yeah, like and moving like, it at random. It seems very weird that Guile was like, oh my God, they're attacking. It's like, wouldn't you expect to be attacked? Like if you're, you know, speeding towards the enemy's well, base. Well, they were in stealth mode. Oh, I guess so. In stealth mode. Oh yeah. Like I said, yeah, that, that was, there was stealth mode. I forgot about that. So, um, man, this, this plot's getting complicated. Don't worry. We're wrapping up here. <laughs> One of Bison's underlings spots uh, Dalsim helping Blanca. So they fight. Uh, Blanca is released in the struggle. And See, at this point, I thought maybe Dalsim would get his stretchy powers because he's seen throwing, being thrown into the mutagenic stuff. Yeah, and it gets, like, it's like sprinkled on his arms, but yeah. nothing really happens. You think I, it's like, now they, he's going to get stretchy powers. They right? probably had that scene originally with that intent but, but didn't have the money yeah special effects it's a hundred million dollar special effect i mean they, yeah. they had arms. cg but i'm sure it was pretty expensive at the time we had to wait for the fantastic four movie to get authentic <laughs> stretchiness in yes. uh, characters so yeah there's a bunch of stuff happening at once as guile is, is infiltrating the base so like i said uh blanca escapes dalzim is uh his arms are splashed with mutagen it's literally like the ooze from secret of the ooze yep. it's just like mm. big like gl- green glowy bags of crap you know, no, just, no, it looks like kool-aid it does kind of. There are many flavors of Kool-Aid, though. There's, like, orange and red green and Kool-Aid. green. Yeah. That was ecto-cooler, I think. Uh-huh. Yes. So, um, where are we? Um, oh, yeah. Guile discovers Charlie. And it in a very Guile... Wait, so, so we think Guile's dead, but right. he actually washes up on shore. Oh, we think he's dead? <laughs> yeah, because you see the boat explode, and this okay. is when uh, Bison delivers his game over speech. Oh, right, right. Which okay. consists of the line game over. I apologize. I was taking notes while I watched this movie, so I did miss a few things. And then Beguile washes up on the shore and finds a secret entrance into the base, which happens to lead directly into uh, Blanca's thing. Right. And um, he he sees Blanca. He realizes who he is. And in in the tradition of Guile, he makes... The worst possible decision possible. Instead of like trying to help his friend, he's like, "I'm going to shoot you in the head. <laughs> it's going to be good for both of us." Yeah, yeah. And then he is stopped. Correctly, I don't know. Um, uh, no offense, Bob. If you were turned into a horrific green monster and you're like we're being developed as a killing machine, I might have to put you out of your misery. Well, I mean, the th- like the thing is, Blanca wasn't immediately at Guile's throat. He was just yeah. like, "I'm a monster," you know, like this the Frankenstein sort of thing. But it's like. There's a lot of sympathy for him now for at the, in that scene. And, and Guile just pulling out a gun. Evidently, like, those VHS tapes meant nothing to Guile. Yeah, I know. He's just like, I don't like this guy. Yeah, it's just like, I don't He's understand. He's gross now. Yeah, it's like, I don't want to tug this guy. He's and I have green. to say, Blanca looks ridiculous. I'm sorry. He He's does. supposed to be all muscular, but he looks like a skinny 16-year-old boy with orange hair. Again, if this was the early 2000s, we could have had like Hulk movie technology. Yeah. He does I mean, look like Lou Ferrigno. I, I, don't say, he does, yeah. I, I don't say this very often, but that moment really 
really cried out for some CG of any kind. It did, yeah, yeah. Or a muscle suit for God's sake. Get some bodybuilder in there. Get those Hulk hands you can buy for kids. <laughs> like they, they make the noises when you punch things. Just find a pro wrestler and make him green. Yeah. Jeez. Was Andre the Giant still alive in 1994? No. no. I didn't think so. He would have been good Blanca, though. No. Now he wanted him. <laughs> hey, paint that guy green. He's too fat. You tell him that. You tell him he's not going to be a good Blanca. So, uh, Bison is about to reveal Blanca to the world, right? Because he's like, this is my goal, this superhuman soldier. And I think I thought your goal was to build, like, like shopping marts and, you know, Bisonopolis. But he's, yeah. he's a strange, like, I don't know, maybe that's because he's crazy. But No, it, it he's completely seem, nuts. Yeah. It he just seems like plan. There's a line about, it's like, where he's like... He walks up and watches the videos that are, like, twisting Blanca's mind. He's like, simple educational material. And he's like, <laughs> yes, because he's not a psychopath, and you are. And he's like, I'm, I guess. <laughs> the martial dignity of a fighting squad. No! You shall be killed by a wild beast. A beast born of my own genius. Yes, so uh, he's about to reveal Blanca, and when Guile jumps out and starts killing people straight up with a gun, because he's a street fighter. <laughs> yeah, and it, sh- it should be no uh, coincidence that all the street fighter action figures for this movie were basically repainted G.I. Joes. Yeah. Mm. Um, this is a G.I. Joe movie. I pretty mean, much, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot of gunfire. There's a lot of uh, scenes of people being shot, people shooting, which is very odd, for, like I said, for street fighter. And they're going to try and shoot the hostages, but he's able to close the little metal pit. Yeah, the hostage pit. You forget about the hostages through the most of the movie because they just only appear a couple times. In fact, yeah. you don't even really see the countdown. Like, the countdown should have been a motif, not they, stupid satellites. They cut back to it every once in a while, but then you sort of forget, like, am I concerned about Blanca? Like, am I concerned about the hostages? Is, is Bison going to blow something up at the end of this? I forgot, like, what was going to happen. So what you're, what you're trying to say is that uh, Street Fighter didn't handle a large, dense cast as well as, like, a Robert Altman film? Or, no, it did not. Thomas Anderson. <laughs> no, they should have had, like, the Altman style of, like, things happening on the same... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That would have been awesome, but I don't think the audience could have handled that. No. So, um, Bison seems to be hedging his bets on the super, the super soldier idea since this is the first time the AN is staging an a- attack. It seems like his base has never been attacked because they're really unprepared for this. It's just like, how long has Bison been in power where he, no one has ever attempted to overthrow him, ever? No. He's and, not used to people standing up to him. I mean, Chun-Li tells the story of how her father like drove him out of a village with pitchforks, and he's like, oh, I'm not used to this thing. Yeah. Being, I'm, I'm too scary. Yeah. So, um, in a very Metal Gear turn, Guile and Bison have a man-to-man slugfest to decide who is the strongest of the Street Fighters. And there's a lot going on here. I think during this time, um, you know, all, all the good forces are fighting all the evil forces. All, like, 10,000 characters in this yeah. movie are interacting in some way. And at one point, um, there's a, an odd character in this movie named <laughs> Colonel Sawada. Yep. Uh, we should mention there's no Faye Long in this movie, who's basically the uh, Bruce Lee ripoff. And um, I Colonel pos- Sawada is just a Japanese guy. Yeah, I mean, there's no Faye Long, and I, and I posited that maybe it's because uh, Brandon Lee had just died a year earlier. Mm. So having a Bruce Lee clone in the movie would be kind of in poor taste. Yeah. But um, it could be for any number of reasons. But uh, at one point, uh, Colonel Sawada, who was in the movie, I think just for this one joke, uh, is is crowded around a, a TV screen with uh, other Japanese people, and they're watching Zangief and uh, E-Honda fight in the base. And for some reason, there are Godzilla sounds dubbed in. <laughs> I have a feeling that those were like added later after a test screening, because the the joke is that they're fighting on top of the Bisonopolis model, so it looks oh, like they're giant monsters, yeah. but then the sound effects are added, so they're like hammering the joke Let's in. See, it's yeah. poorly shot, because you yeah. can't see the Bisonopolis thing. It is true. Like I only realized after I heard the sound effects that oh they're stepping on giant. But it's poorly shot in general. You are you in the- uh, calling into question the talents of Stephen E. D'Souza? <laughs> yes, I am. Director, writer of Hudson Hawk, writer of Judge the- Dredd. Yes, o- Judge Dredd. <laughs> often the battle sequences are just really confusing, and there are a lot of quick cuts, and it doesn't work well. Yeah, like the like, just the- strange to me because he did Die Hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. Well, he wrote, he like- wrote Die Hard. He didn't direct Die Hard. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Who did? Uh. Uh, it's okay. my tongue. But it's not him. No. So during all this, Guile is fighting Bison. They have a pretty uh, pretty mean slugfest. And um, Guile, at one point, uh, Bison is coming. They're all in their costumes by now. They are, yeah. Bison, Bison's in his costume. Uh, Guile's in his costume, correct? Yes. And um, Bison basically does a psycho crusher, right? Coming at him like full force with no, a fist No, no. He's not doing that yet. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> Bison, Bison comes at him with something, and Guile kicks him. 
And of course, in traditional like uh, fighting movie uh, style, we see the kick three times from three different <laughs> yeah. angles. Bison goes flying back into a uh, screen of um, you know monitors. Televisions. Yeah. And at this point, we have uh, DJ's only like notable line: "I should have stayed at Microsoft," because <laughs> he's Jamaican. I don't know why um, he was at Microsoft, but he he escapes with a. So Bison's a corporate headhunter, probably. That's what yeah. it seemed like. Yeah. Like so, um, at this point, DJ's getting the heck out of Dodge with his suitcase full of Bison bucks. Hmm. Um, and at one point, uh, okay, where are we? Oh yeah, at this point, isn't Bison regenerated? Uh, yeah. It's okay. Like, Guile's like, I defeated him. I'm awesome. Yeah. And then you see uh, his costume has a defibrillator that's like, uh, yeah, you like, can see it like moving in and out. It's like the Back to the Future jacket. It's injecting like adrenaline. Bison, regenerating. Injecting like adrenaline and everything. And he like gets up and he's even crazier now. Bison level two. Yeah. It's like, he went super bison, basically. And now yes. he has uh, electromagnetism. Yeah. Yeah. Electromagnetism. We don't know why. Why didn't he just do that in the first place? But who knows? Maybe. And you mentioned that to continue the Metal Gear, Sol- the Metal Gear Solid parallel, he, he's a lot like Colonel Volgan at this point. Yeah, he the, is. He even does the lightning shocks right at Guile and send yeah. them flying back. And he does the, and then the Guile has the uh, the audacity to say, "What happened to the purity of unarmed combat?" Who Guile, who had just been killing people with guns like five minutes earlier, yep. is saying that. So that's why I don't like Guile. Um, oh, and I guess I guess I'm sorry. I, I miss I misstated this. It was it was at this point where he does that kick, right? The kick where you see from three different angles that yeah, kills that's, Bison. That's what eventually takes yeah. Bison. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then he's like, "Bison, you're out of air." Or whatever. I don't yeah. know what that means, or yeah. if that was supposed uh-huh. to be clever, or what are but some of his other do... catchphrases? Like <sighs> the party's over. <laughs> I don't know. But you do see, you do see Bison do a psycho crusher at this point. Like the the moves you actually see in this movie, uh, E Honda doing his hundred hand slap. That's on right. Zangief. That's right. Yeah. You see a really pathetic uh, Shoryuken Dragon Punch. And Cammy um, Cammy says something when she kicks, but it's not. Kick. It, yeah, it's not. Is that a Cammy move? The thrust kick? That's a Kylie Minogue move. <laughs> okay, you I've seen her do that. You actually see Vega roll in and right. do his claw thing. And I was like, all right, that's fine. That's fine. Right. For some reason, Balrog has gloves now. Why did he put on boxing gloves? For God's sake. Because that is softens, not actually that in the ring. punches. Yeah. I feel yeah. like if you're in an actual fight, boxing gloves probably aren't a good idea. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, take off those stupid gloves. <laughs> you're trying to kill people, guy. So, yeah. Uh, Saget is fighting, but he has no resemblance to the actual character. He has an eye patch. Yeah. Outside of having an eye patch. They didn't, they didn't have him take off a shirt and show off a grizzly scar or anything like that, which you would be cool. You do see uh, uh, the statue in Saget's stage at one point in the movie. Yeah, the, and the also large, like, uh, the, the, back, the painted background yeah. from Ihonda's stage. That's in it, too, right? Yeah. So, at this point, uh, Bison is dead, right? And yep. uh, the base is self-destructing. For some reason, is there a reason? Does it like tied into his life? It seems like uh, with um, Mario Brothers, like when Koopa died, all the things turn back to normal. Yeah, when Bison dies, yep. the, the base is exploding. Yes, okay. it's a it's a villain thing. Yeah. So uh, Dalsim load bearing boss. So does Dalsim? Uh, he chooses to stay behind as the base self destructs, right? Yeah, and he's now like, at this point he's bald. And he's quoting Gandhi because yeah. if you didn't get that he was an Indian guy, here you go. <laughs> and that's what that was the mutagen. Yeah. So. Uh, they all run out. They, everybody makes it out of ba- ba- Bison's base. It explodes. Um, oh, but we forgot Zangief's uh, face heel or heel face turn. Yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, uh, please explain. I forget. He, or he's like, "Where are you going, DJ?" And DJ's like, "I'm going to get all the money I can." He's like, "But, but you got to fight." And he's like, well, "Are you kidding me? He paid you a ton of money. He paid me a ton of money. I'm out of here." And Zangief's like, "He paid you money?" Yeah. <laughs> And that now communist, he didn't understand the concept of capitalism. <laughs> and now he's all mad, so yeah. he turns against Bison and beats up some of his goons. Yeah, and... so like everybody's friends after this, except for Dalsim, who stays behind to die for no reason. <laughs> I, I don't guess. know, he's around somewhere, isn't he? No, he's, not, Blanca, he's not in that final scene. Stay to, uh, he's in the final to, to blow up, right? I think Blanca's there, too. He stays with Blanca. Yeah. yeah His creation. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, he I feels bad. They're not in the final scene. So everybody is out and all friendly. Um, um, immediately, oh, and we Giles... also have a, a hilarious cut to the European guy. Which European like, guy? Or the one who the tried to dude. call off the mission. Oh, yeah, yeah. What happened say, to him? He's, he's uh, dabbing his forehead and saying, yeah, yeah, they're all back at the base, uh, except for Guile. And it shows the, ho, ho, shows the base with just oh, one... Yeah. One guy doing the cooking or something. And there's a comedy cat walking by with a comedy <laughs> yes. cat sound effect. So, yes. yes, if you ever need to make something funny, add a cat sound and you'll be fine. 
So yes, everybody runs out of the base. They're all celebrating. Immediately, Guile starts hitting on Chun Li, mm. asking her out to dinner. He's um, like, "But you gotta wear that dress." She's yeah. like, "You mean the slave dress that M Bison put me in?" Pretty much. It's like I, my captor forced me into this costume. <laughs> you want me to wear this on a date with you? You sick weirdo. <laughs> It'd be like if Han Solo went up to Leia after her experience with Jabba the Hutt and said, "Yeah, let's go out to dinner, but." Wear that outfit. Yeah, I would have liked Chun Li to just reject uh, Guy. She'd be completely. like, "No, you pig." Yeah, just like get God. away from me. By the way, you're so under arrest when this is over. <laughs> I don't think the government's going to forgive you. So yes, uh, Bison's ba- base explodes. Everybody poses in their in their video game poses. Is yes. that correct? Yeah, They're yeah all doing pretty their much. Freeze friend. Yeah, yeah. you poses. can see Cammy like turn around, do her Cammy thing. Right, and yeah. uh, the Street Fighter logo is emblazoned on the screen. But it's not over yet because after the credits, there is a, a scene apparently I read was added for home video. It was not oh, in the theater where um, it's just like the end of Carrie, right? Where yeah. uh, a hand bursts out from under the ground. It's Bison's glove. I'm not sure if it's in poor taste. I thought it was at first. But if they added it for the video release, maybe it was like a tribute to Raul Julia. Yeah. So his hand bursts out of the rubble. Yeah. Um, the entire computer system starts up again and says, good morning, uh, good morning, Mr. Bison or whatever. What would you like to do today? And it he says, selects world, world domination. Oh yeah, from a drop down menu. Yes. Yeah. You've got mail. Yes. So Bison is back, but not really because. But not really because Raul Julia is dead. Yes. We should mention that Raul Julia was diagnosed with stomach cancer. Um, I think even before he was hired to do this role, I don't know. He, it seems like he, he had a stomach problem that he last, knew about. It was his last role, and yeah. he really suffered through this, uh, the, the filming. Yeah, but. his face is really sunken and, like, sallow. You could tell he's a sick guy. I mean, yeah. he's, the way he acts, he pulls off, like, a lot of charisma, but you could tell that he is a guy that's kind of, you know, on his way out. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean... He did it for his kids, though. He we, picked it. He picked from a bunch of scripts, or they did. Yeah, we have so. to say, though, isn't this, like, he, isn't Raul Julia the best part of this movie? Oh, Absolutely. by far. Not yeah, to, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what everyone is saying in the well, comments. Well, he's the only one that he has, who has any energy. Yeah. He's obviously having fun with just being a nutty supervillain. Right. He's the villain. Of course he's going to have the most fun out of it. Not but. enough. I mean, uh, I mean, like, Dennis Hopper was not a great villain in Mario Brothers because it just seemed like he did not, like, after every sentence, he's like, I can't believe I'm saying this bullshit. I cannot believe I'm doing this. <laughs> I phoned it in. He yeah. phoned it in. But, but Raul Julia, like, man, I don't think there was enough bison in this movie. Absolutely not. I would I, love to see him be actually the main character. Just yeah, focus yeah. on him. Yeah. And, like, like I said, he's incredibly charismatic. And if you haven't watched, like, Adam's Family or Adam's Family Values or even, like, some of the earlier stuff he did, like, of artistic integrity, it's worth checking out because he was a great actor. And uh, I think most of the people would agree that he was the highlight of this movie. Absolutely. And, yes. So, guys, what did you think of Street Fighter the movie? Well, I mean, it's watchable. Yes. Believe it or not. It's, the, set, the first time around, I could not believe what I was watching. <laughs> and I should mention that the first time I ever watched it was last year, so I was well... Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're new to the Street Fighter movie craze. Yeah, I had never gotten around to watching it until last year, and... When I was watching, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I, I couldn't believe that someone had actually seriously made this movie without any irony whatsoever. Yeah, because yeah. it was so silly and so stupid. Yeah. But the second time I watched it, you know, it's just, it's fun. Yeah, I and, watched it uh, with you, Kat, uh, for the second time since I saw it on video. And there are lots of movies where I feel insulted where I'm like oh come on but in this movie I was just laughing like that's so stupid I can't believe that it's like and like yelling at guy like oh I hate this guy I mean it was fun because it was dumb and I'm sure uh, Steven D'Souza did not set out to make like um, a movie we would laugh at for the wrong reasons I mean supposedly he was the only one taking it seriously okay yeah it feels like the comedy beats in this movie are mo- they mostly fall flat but the the unintentional humor in this movie is fantastic Absolutely. I, I know Off marty charts, you, you said yes. that you you enjoyed some of the jokes uh, could you name like one of the lines yeah yeah there was a <laughs> when uh, ken and ryu were in prison uh, one of them like sees a way out he asks the other one to give him a hand and uh he looks at him like incredulously and says we've only been here two hours i'm not going to give you a hand <laughs> so i'm a big fan of uh, oz jokes oh and okay so, yeah there you go gotcha um there are a lot of little one-liners like that and this was you know 93 94 there was a lot of uh, silly action movies that came out yeah uh, like yeah the speed and the specialist and on deadly ground that had really silly premises but you know it, it, to me it captured this era of just really fun dumb uh, entertaining action movies, right. and like, I think I think it was fine. It's it's not high caliber cinema. No, it's, no, it's, uh, I, I think it's the best a street fighter movie all, could be. By all accounts, it's quite a bit better than Legend of Chun Li or anything. It is a lot. Yeah, better I have than not Legend seen that, but it feels like uh, I mean we are we are well after the age of irony has begun in 1994. In my opinion, I feel like irony in mainstream entertainment sort of started in the late 80s, early 90s in mainstream entertainment. But, like... This movie would not feel out of place on, say, YouTube. Yeah. Made by a bunch of amateur filmmakers just having fun. Yeah, like a fan project. But it feels like... 
this is one of the last movies that has a really dumb premise that they take kind of seriously. Yeah. Even though there are jokes in it, like I can see some irony creeping in. Like Bison is sort of the prototype for the villain we would later see in stuff like the Venture Brothers, where he's like sort of um, got some bizarre fixations. He's all he's very he's very narcissistic. He's kind of like a buffoon in its yeah, own way. Yeah. But it doesn't never it never goes that far as like the monarch or something like that. But it's yeah. like the first inklings of that sort of trend in like um, entertainment where the villain is sort of like. He's scary, but he's still like this weird, silly character in his own way. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's how I interpreted it. I don't All know that if you guys said, agree. Though, um, when Steven D'Souza said, Yeah, I could have done a, a movie about an underground fighting tournament and thrown in some drugs and done it for $8 million. maybe he should have done that, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, because. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a game about a fighting tournament, for heaven's sake. And, and when people go to watch this movie, all they want to see are their favorite characters fighting exactly. on the big screen. Um, I don't know why you had to turn it into this like UN peacekeeping mission in the country slash area slash city of Shadaloo. Yeah. I don't know. But as far as uh, fighting game movies go, I'd say it's uh, it's it's closer to the top than something like uh, Dead or Alive or Tekken. Mortal yeah. Kombat? Yeah. Is Mortal Kombat better? Uh, uh, we we're going to find, find out, out soon. Oh, oh, no. yeah. But at least Mortal Kombat is true to the premise, right? That's true, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I should also note that uh, this movie, unlike Super Mario Bros., made a shitload of money. Yeah. This mm-hmm. movie made a ton of money, and um, like it was a, a success. Yeah. Mm. And it, it's surprising they didn't make a sequel, which I believe there was plans for it, but I guess it never materialized. Oh, and you mean Street Fighter 2? Uh, yeah, so like actually called Street Fighter 2. Sorry, uh, Marty. Go evidently, ahead. Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, wanted to single-handedly make a sequel. And right. He was trying to get the rights and, and gather actors. But because it he fell had through. no prospects after that. And he, uh, he was originally uh, signed on to uh, make a cameo in The Legend of Chun-Li. Uh, oh. But that, that oh, yeah, I, I read about that today. And yeah. that would have been but, canonically like... I don't, I don't know if anyone's worrying about canon. <laughs> <laughs> we are uh, reaching the canon, end of our podcast. Canon. So, well, we didn't mention the oh. one, the other legacy of this film. What's that? Which was Street Fighter the movie, the game. Oh, oh wow. crap! Cat, yeah. uh, two minutes. Tell us what this is. It's an abomination, correct? Yeah, it's an it, it's a spinoff. I mean, it's not really a Street Fighter game. And I believe Marty pointed out, and it's uh, it's I'm, motion capture. Yeah. It motion captures all of the actors fighting. It's incredibly awkward. It's, yeah. It's Not like Street Fighter's all. version of Mortal Kombat, right? Yeah, Marty pointed yeah, that out absolutely. earlier. Yeah, and, and if you ever watch it, go watch it on YouTube. It, it it's really painful to watch. Uh, I, it's basically the anti Street Fighter. I'm really happy that games stopped going that direction with digitized the characters. Yeah. I mean, I guess motion capture is the new for, version of that, but it's not as jarring and weird. But, yeah. and, and like it's based on the movie, but I think they still have the traditional moves. So like Ken yeah. and Ryu can still throw like fireball, uh, fire, hadoukens, and all that. But right. it looks bad. It does. It's it very looks terrible, pixelated, and weird. So yeah. if, you, if you like Pit Fighter, then but this give is the thing try. that happened. <laughs> yeah. And you feel like everyone was sitting down to pitch this movie. It was like, we'll do a movie. Yeah. Get all the characters because Jean-Claude Van Damme. Get a coloring book. Capcom's going to go and make a game based action around figures. the Action figures. There'll be action figures. Yeah. This can't go wrong. And it didn't. It made money. This movie is very toyetic. That's all yes. I have to say. <laughs> so let's move on to user comments. Whoa. Oh. So we have this from Neil Sama, who gave us a very interesting uh, interpretation of Mario Brothers last week. Here's what he has to say about uh, Street Fighter the movie. He says, notice how the characters look pretty close to how they would appear in the actual game. He's, he's talking about the image at the end where they're all posing. Um, but the movie spends 100 minutes working up to this point, during which time the characters bear little resemblance to their game counterparts. Who knew that Ken and Ryu's geese were actually Shadowloo training uniforms? <laughs> I thought for sure that the movie could uh, show and explain why Kimmy fights in a one-piece bathing, excuse me, one-piece bathing suit. But alas, we were robbed of seeing Kylie Minogue in the standard Kimmy <laughs> costume. Or were we? <laughs> she was wearing pants. She was pretty uh, hot in this movie. There you go. Speaking as a, a man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Neil goes on to say, I used to hate this movie since my original viewing, which was not in a theater. I've come to appreciate the camp value of this film. And yes, it is very campy, Neil. Unlike the Mario Brothers movie, it seems to me that Street Fighter knew that it was direct from the start and set about making itself secretly the greatest comedy film of all time. And he goes on to mention that Royal Julia gives an awesome performance, and it's almost every bit as absurd as Orson Welles as Unicron. There you go. Yeah. Oh, man, I love Orson Welles, but that's not, not a good way for him to go out. <laughs> I, I would rather Orson Welles play uh, M. Bison than um, Unicron, <laughs> but hey, he didn't live that long. Was Unicron, did that have Sean Connery? No, Unicron was the Transformers, right? 
Uh, Transformers, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh. So we have another uh, comment from Milkman version one. He says, Raw Julia owned it like a boss, even with stomach cancer. And you have to admire the gall of casting JCVD <laughs> as All-American Hero Guile. That is pretty ballsy. It's you like, mean I'm, James Milky? Uh, this is Milkman underscore V1. <laughs> so it's like the Milky clone. Oh, okay. Um, I will say the story is pretty decent in terms of getting all the characters into the story cohesively. At least they share characteristics with their digital counterparts as opposed to an in-name only adaptation like Resident Evil films. Um, there is joy to be had in Julia hammering away at a Super Street Fighter 2 board trying to blow up Guile's not-so-stealth boat. Game <laughs> over. <laughs> well, there's uh, hardly any fighting in this movie. There until is. Until the end. There is. There, I mean, yeah, there are very few fights. And then, like you said, Kat, in that earlier scene, we think there's going to be a fight. It's immediately interrupted by Guile. Guile ruins everything. Yeah. So, uh, actually, this is from Shakewell. He says, for a movie called Street Fighter, there's a suspiciously low number of fight scenes. For that matter, it's also got a surprisingly low number of fight scenes for a Van Damme movie. Van Damme made several movies about fighting tournaments, Bloodsport being the best, but also The Quest, Lionheart, etc. So I'm not sure why this one goes so far off the rails. There isn't even a good montage of fights between the competitors. Did they just try to fuck this one up? Um, And then Neil, sorry, Shakewell goes on to say that, uh, you know, Raul Julia, best part of the movie. So... We agree with that. Yes. And not enough fighting in the movie, but it's still fun. Because he was taking himself seriously or something? I don't know. Who was? Uh, Steven D'Souza. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It felt like... He was making an epic. He was uh, making Lawrence of Arabia and Shadaloo. I think he was more concerned about making an action movie than making a fighting movie. This is really more of an action movie than a fighting movie. So it's called Street Shooter? Street Shooter, yeah. But as much as I enjoy it for its camp value, it's kind of a boring action film, to be perfectly Um, honest. It's stupid enough for me to be on board with it. There are all of, like, two action sequences. That's true. And most of them are really short until the very end when they just go crazy. Yeah, I admit, like, a lot of of this movie's entertainment is novelty. Like, seeing these people who clearly don't know about the games adapting these characters that we know and love. But uh, what were you saying, Marty? No, it's... it's, uh, I think it's a much more entertaining and watchable movie than the Mario movie. Definitely, definitely. the uh, the large ensemble cast... I mean, not so much the actors, but the the characters that are so iconic that we all know. Um, You know, I made a joke about it earlier, but the movie does a good job of... uh, you know, going back and forth and cutting between these stories. To, it does. Uh, it, it keeps it entertaining. Like, I never, I mean, I was a little confused because I was taking notes during the movie, but I think it kept up with everyone's stories pretty well, even though, like... I was never bored. Yeah. It was confusing. There was enough there, like, always hitting you with a new scene, so you were yeah. never stuck with one thing. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Always in, more satellites. In Mario Brothers, scenes would just drag on forever, yeah, and, yeah. and, like, nothing made sense anyways, man. We're crapping on Mario for a second <laughs> week in a row. This one comes in from Toji. He says, uh, his subject, Blanca. I haven't seen this movie since 1994, and I barely remember anything about it, but I do know that I was not pleased with the portrayal of Blanca. And he goes, look, I'm no Bob Mackie. I expect my video game movies unfaithful to the source material. <laughs> I love the Super Mario Brothers movie because of the way it cluelessly replaces the game's tiny body, big-headed Goombas with the exact opposite, but I reject Street Fighter's abuse of my beloved Blanca. Blanca in the game was a man who threw biology to the wind and taught himself to generate defensive electric shocks by observing electric eels. Ah. And he's also green. Ah. Amazing! Movie Blanca's origin was, uh, what exactly? Science? And cheap makeup? Lame. I thought he was hit by lightning. Um, oh. He might actually be worse than movie Abobo. I don't know, Kat. He I might, thought you knew your Street might, Fighter he lore. Might, he might know more about Street Fighter than I do. What? So just Impossible. by watching Electric Eels, you can, you know, learn what to do he with it. He knows about the lore. Yeah. So thanks a lot, Toji. We agree with you, Blanc, and this movie is kind of lame. and Extremely lame. He Wait. dies for no reason. It feels like uh, Souza couldn't think of a way to rehabilitate Blanca. So they're just like, just kill him. Why not? He's a monster now. Our last comment. And Dalsum, too. And Dalsum, because he helped create the monster, so why not? Uh, our last comment comes in from Dayman, and he says, uh, American Street Fighter equals garbage. What? This movie falls into two categories of things I really appreciate. Bad 90s action flicks, especially Jean-Claude Van Damme ones, and anything from the 80s and 90s based on video games, and yet it bores me to tears. Mm. There are no good fights in this whole movie, not to mention none of the characters maintain any resemblance to the game counterparts. Except for Vega. Except for Vega. Ken and Ryu as a goofy comic relief duo. E. Honda as a fat Hawaiian. Yeah, E. Honda's Japanese. DJ as M. Bison's computer guy. And worst of all, Blanca. Oh, God. Somehow they made Blanca look considerably worse than the Incredible Hulk from the old 70s TV show. If I had an hour and a half of this movie again, I would put a loop of Raul Julia's one-liners and call it a day. So thanks a lot, Dayman, for that. And let's wrap up the show. What do you guys say? Do you have any more comments on Street Fighter? Uh, no, I think we, I think we yeah, all kind of stated feel, our opinions. I have a comment on Street Fighter. 
What's that? Game over. Wow. wow. That would have been good, Kat, but we're not ending immediately. <laughs> no. <laughs> I give it my, my highest score ever, a 7 out of 10. Oh, wow. Yes. So let's wrap up. Contact info. I am Bob Servo on Twitter, and we are at Retronauts on Twitter. Who are you guys on Twitter? I am uh, Marty Sleva at McBiggity. Sweet, Kat. I'm the underscore Catbot. See me everywhere. Yes. Also, please subscribe to our blog. It is retronauts.com, not how you think it's spelled. It's R-E-T-R-O-K-N-O-T-S.com. Weird. We do a blog post for each episode where you, you can get extra videos, information, pictures, uh, links to the topic in question. We also do other blog posts uh, not about the show. So please subscribe to the Retronauts blog. You'll be happy if you do. And as always, if you have not written a review or ranked the show on the iTunes Music Store, um, please do so. It helps keep us um, alive and happy. And it helps uh, boost our rankings, which gets more people listen to it. And um, yes, and if you haven't subscribed to us through iTunes, please do so. So plugs uh marty what are you working on uh various things various things all hush hush yeah uh you you guys should uh watch the oscars on sunday though okay i hate them but i will watch what's your oscar prediction give me one uh Uh, outrageous uh, prediction from marty sleeve outrageous prediction it's not gonna happen tree of life should win best picture okay but what will win uh probably descendants you heard it you heard it here first people wow i think think the artist is gonna win uh, best picture i love that dog Ah! (laughs) (laughs) that's eddie from frazier too cat what are you working on Nothing in particular. Nothing in particular. Uh, check, go check out uh, OXM, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm I want to have a review of Devil Survivor two next week. Sweet. Thanks. As for me, please read one off. Uh, I wrote a pretty interesting, uh, in my opinion, article about our Nintendo's R and D one studio last week that I'm proud of. So please read that if you happen. Mm-hmm. And next week's movie is going to be Resident Evil from 2002. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. It's a classic of American cinema. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about that next week with uh, Marty and me and Jose. So please uh, tune in then, and we will see you next week. Thanks a lot. Bye. against everything he's got the pilot would have to be out of his mind luckily bison has driven me crazy so i'm gonna do it